Good morning. Today I have with me Dr. Nicole Lindsay. Dr. Nicole Lindsay owns and operates an integrated practice in Asheville, North Carolina. Dr. Lindsay attended undergrad college at Fenton State in North in New Jersey, earned a bachelor's of biology degree with a concentration in nutrition and a doctor of chiropractic degree from Life University in 2001. Dr. Lindsay is a member of the North Carolina Chiropractic Association and serves on the board of the Western Chiropractic District of Health Network Solutions. In 2001, Dr. Lindsay has been delivering adjustments, educating the many families of her community, and building one of the most successful email-run practices on the East Coast. Within the past 15 years, Dr. Lindsay has mastered running a low overhead practice and created money-saving strategies that has enabled her to become 100% debt-free by the age of 40. In addition to her practice full-time, Dr. Lindsay is the CEO and founder of Dominant, Dominant Cairo Marketing, where Dr. Lindsay teaches chiropractors how to build profitable relationships with MDs through online webinars and live interactive MD present webinars. Dr. Lindsay is a sought-out speaker, podcast guest, and a rising MD marketing coach as she currently coaches clients in 24 states and three different countries. When Dr. Nicole is not serving patients in the office or coaching clients on MD marketing, she is spending time with her husband, James, and daughter, Gabriella. Dr. Lindsay enjoys the outdoors, mountain biking on most days, can be found planning her next travel excursion or hike with her family and two dogs. Good morning, Dr. Lindsay. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thank you. Well, I'm glad we can have you today. I wanted you to just kind of share with us a little bit about your journey and how you were able, um, kind of from when you first started, you know, I know a lot of us start out, you may be talking today to startup entrepreneurs and new chiropractors out there in the field who are coming out with all of these student loans. And they're like, oh my gosh, how could she become debt-free by 40? So is that an area that you could start and just kind of tell us about you and your thoughts and, and how you took that on? Yeah, sure. Just like anybody else, I came out of school with a ton of debt, student loans. I'm the youngest out of 10 kids. So you can imagine, you know, when it came time for college, my parents were loving, but at the same time broke and basically said, good luck, you're, you're on your own. And so I knew that. So I had that mindset that I was putting myself through school and I took it very seriously from the start. So when everybody was cutting class and, you know, ducking out here or there, I thought, you know, I'm paying for this. I think I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to go pay attention. But I think what that did for me is it made me realize that I was going to have to pay those loans back starting when I graduated. So immediately I developed that business mindset while in school and I started learning the business end of chiropractic and running a business. So how am I going to get new clients? How am I going to run a business? I started working for chiropractors all through school and really learned a lot about business, what you don't learn in school. Right. Right. Amen. So that I did. And then when I, when I graduated, I, I hit the ground running. I really implemented everything that I learned and didn't wait for opportunities. I created them. So I, 
started going marketing myself, building relationships, cross-marketing, just putting myself out there every which way and letting the community know that I'm here. I'm here and you need to know me and here's the chiropractic message. And so I did that. And one of the first things I did is I got really comfortable as a student living on nothing, right? I mean, you have to, you have to do what you have to do. So once I got into practice, I started off as an associate right out of school. I think that's really wise, you know, at least for a year just to gain the clinical skills. And I did that as well. And again, I was on a very small salary, like most associates coming out of school. But that was okay because I was used to that. Right. So year two, I buy the practice that I'm in. And now I step into a huge salary because the practice is generating. And what I did is I took that income that was coming in. I didn't even look at it. I pretend I just continued to live off this very small salary that I was comfortable living off of for many, many years, you know, four years of uh, three and a half years of chiropractic school and then another year as an associate. And I put all that extra income right on my student loan and actually paid that student loan off along with the, the note to the bank that I had to take out to buy the practice all within a year. I paid that all off student loan and the practice debt. Nice. So I think that was one of the, the first things is just continue living off of that salary that you're comfortable. Just because you have a bigger salary doesn't mean you need to go buy things, a big house, a nice car, just pay off that debt first. So would you say that, because um, a lot of times you'll see students um, go buy a new car, go buy a big house, and as they're, um, you know, as they step into a practice, maybe they had a good year. And so they're just, it's payments, 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 and they decide to treat themselves. And maybe it's go get a new car because they want to look like a doctor or they want to live this doctor lifestyle. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I sleep so much better knowing that I have a lot of money and savings that I have all my debt paid off. And now I can do things that are more creative, more risky. You know, now I can really put myself out there in ways that I couldn't before because I had debt. So yeah, I'm a big fan of just living well beneath your means until you have earned that right to live above your means or in your means, you know? So yeah, you know, hold off on, on buying all that fancy flashy stuff. You'll have an opportunity to do that and more, way more. You know, it's like people always say, you know, having a house is a good investment. Having, you know, you hear all these things as you're, as you're growing and evolving and, and starting to make money. And, and, you know, you have to question who's saying this, who's right. putting stuff in our head and most of the time, it's, you know, banks that want to collect your interest. So, yeah, it's all about money. So, no, it's not a good investment. Pay it off. I mean, do the math. And that's what I did with that student loan. I remember looking at that chart when they sent that in the mail when, when I had to start paying it off. And I looked at that and it said, you know, within 10 years, if you continue to make this payment, 
your loan from $120,000, $120,000 is going to go to $350,000 in 10 years. Heck no. And that's what made me pay that off, you know? So yeah, live beneath your means. Well would, you, would you say today, um, you know, as far as managing your money, do you look at your overhead on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis? And how far out do you plan your overhead? Do you have it in a spreadsheet for the next 12 months? And is that your personal overhead, your professional overhead? And then do you go out any further than that? How do you plan your finances? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. And you have to know the numbers. You know, you're, you're running a business, your household is a business, and you need to look at it like that. So yes, you need to have at least I do my personal overhead, and my professional overhead. And that is going to constantly change, you know, as your family grows, if you, you know, when you get married, if you do, when you have a child and then they start childcare or camps and, you know, it's constantly evolving. So you need to tweak that as you change and as life goes on. So at least once a year, I sit down and look at these numbers and figure out, okay, well, I'm not paying this anymore, but I am paying this. This got paid off, but now I have this new debt. And, and you have to do that with both your practice, your professional life, and your, your personal life and constantly tweak that. And know what, what needs to go out on a daily basis and on a monthly basis. And then everything extra is what you put towards, put towards your debt until you pay that off. When you have extra today, do you reinvest back into your business, reinvest back into you, or do you have investments outside of you? Yeah, so I am, I've been debt-free for a couple years now. So now, like I said, I can, I can get creative. So I've launched a new business in, in January. So I'm investing in me for that. I'm doing a lot of seminars and hired new coaches and, and traveling and just putting myself out there. So I'm using a lot of that extra income to be risky right now and invest in me. I've also invested in, I have another real estate business. So I've, I've invested in that as well. And hopefully that will earn some passive income there. Um, the, the practice here and there, it needs income. I need to invest in that ongoing. As you know, things constantly need to be updated and you have to keep putting money into that. But, um, but yeah, I'm able to, now that I'm debt free, I'm able to use that extra income and invest it in various things. Are you still full-time in practice while you're getting your other business up and running? And tell us about your other business. Yes, I'm full-time, full-time in practice. I do have an associate full-time as well. Um, I'm a, I'm a full-time mom and I'm a full-time wife. So I wear all those hats, <laughs> run all those businesses and um, it's exciting. So yes, um, you know, being debt-free, like I said, has, has enabled me to, um, get creative. And one of the other ways that I was able to get free, to get debt free, which has helped me get into this new business was to develop a lot of uh, low cost marketing strategies in my practice. I'm a big fan of low overhead. And so when it comes to marketing, marketing can be very expensive, you know, no matter what kind of business you're in, you're running ads and I mean, now the internet, there's so much that you can put towards your marketing budget and uh, you know it can get carried away and some of it produces some of it some of it doesn't 
And I found over the years that one of the best ways to market yourself is to build relationships. And that's one of my core values is really connecting with people and finding out who they are and what kind of business they have, what they are looking for, and sharing a bit about me with them and really, really connecting on a personal level, not just what, what can you do for me? Send me clients, send me patients. No, let's, let's really get deep here and let's connect. And I've found that over the years, that's one of the best ways to market. And yes, it costs you time, but it doesn't cost you that much money. And it has a much bigger payout is what I found. So I built my practice marketing and building relationships with healthcare professionals in my community, mostly medical doctors. And it um, did require time in the beginning, very little money, but it, it really has a huge return on investment of medical doctors that have been referring to me for 10 plus years now in my community. So, you know, that's less screenings, less talks, less print ad, less Facebook ads, less of that altogether because now these these relationships are established and they're going to send their patients to me because of that. So I launched this new this new business, Dominate Chiro Marketing, and I teach chiropractors how to do what I did, how to build relationships in their communities with medical doctors. Tell me about um, because a lot of us, um, if we've had successful businesses, we don't think a lot about. Um, it's like we don't have to define what it is to connect to another human being. But I find that even maybe even some of the younger generations, we need to almost give a description to what it is to connect and to create a relationship with someone. And what does that look like, especially if they're another professional? And maybe as you know, young doctors coming out, they don't have a lot of high self-worth, high self-esteem. And so they're just building their practice. I mean, you and I remember when we stepped out and brand new in chiropractic and you have a lot of life lessons that come, come along before we become who we are today and we're able to have more confidence. So tell me how you've developed that and how you connect with another professional. Yeah, it's exactly with the millennials and with these younger generations, I know I see my daughter who's 12. They, these children, they don't know how to connect. You know, they, they really, they, they don't, I mean, I guess it's technology that's, that's really playing a part in this, but it's really sad and it scares me about our future, about what, what this means for us in business and, and just our world, you know, but, um, in order to connect with somebody, I feel number one, you really just need to be comfortable with who you are and be willing to be you. I was talking about this the other day with a client that when I first stepped out into practice, I was an associate and I went into the practice. The practice was already set up. There were posters on the wall. It was already designed the way it was. And it wasn't me. And I never felt comfortable in that office. You know, the, the scripts, the language, the, 
everything. It just, it wasn't me. Now I did it. I learned it. I molded myself to fit in so that I could, I could do it. I wanted, I wanted the job and I did it. But it wasn't until I actually purchased the practice and I ripped down those corny posters and I started changing the colors of the walls and wearing what I wanted to wear did I really start to get into my mojo and really was able then to build the confidence. I don't think you can really have self-confidence and self-worth until you define who you are and what you truly want. You know, you really have to sit down and figure that out, whether it means journal, you know, if you're a young grad coming out of school, you know, sit there with a blank journal and figure out what are your goals? What do you want? What does the day look like for you? Are you playing Cindy Lauper and wearing bright clothes and having a blast with your patients? Or are you, you know, not? I mean, what kind of practice do you want? What do you want to create? And do it. And when you do that, then it'll be easier for you to get face-to-face with another healthcare professional and say, hi, I'm Dr. Nicole Lindsay. I'm right down the road from you, and I'd love to, to work with you. Let's chat. You know, and not everybody's going to bite. Not everybody's going to like your loud clothes, your loud music, your, you know, you. But that's okay. You know, it, they, the ones that do, that are turned on by who you are, yep. will connect with you. And that's truly, I think, the best way to connect is to, to be more you. Figure out who you are and be more of that. Would you say, and because a lot of us, like you said, even the 12-year-olds, we use, you know, texting, we use, um, they use Facebook, they use, they think this is communication, and it is a form of communication, but you and I learned more, probably belly-to-belly, face-to-face, actually going in and shaking someone's hand and meeting them for lunch or inviting them to, to, to an event. Um, or inviting them to your office. What are your thoughts on those different levels of communication? The MD that I have met and the healthcare, other healthcare professionals and all the successful building relationship type cross-marketing that has been successful for me, it's been face-to-face. So absolutely, that is hands down the best way to do it because they really, they get a feel for you and they understand who you are. And it's interesting, in my program, I have clients that when we're practicing and role-playing, they're stuck on um, bringing literature and bringing this and showing, you know, getting into the technical aspect of what they should be saying. And, you know, I have to remind them, stop, put it down. Look me in the eye on the screen, because we're in a live webinar, and, and just tell me, just build rapport. Who are you? Ask about me connect with me, you know? So yeah, that face-to-face is really important. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Tell me now, you had also mentioned goals. Um, you said, to, you know, writing down your goals, knowing who you are, when you first were able to take that practice and make it Dr. Nicole. And, um, you know, over the years, we've kind of learned even about goals or goal setting. Do you yourself do goals? Do you write down goals? Do you um, have a morning routine for yourself and your own where you want to see your your life go? 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm a goal setter. I'm a paper to pen person. That's also something that this younger generation knows nothing about, you know? Um, yeah. So there's something magical that happens when the ink hits the paper for me and I write everything down. So I get up before my family, before I let the dogs out of the cage, before my child, before my husband, my quiet time, that's when I get the most done and I can really set my goals. I set my goals for the day. You know, I pick out what I need to get done. I also keep a running list in my journal of ideas and things that I want to do. And I just keep adding, keep adding to that as the days go on, as the years go on. And I will once a week go through that running list and pick out the priorities, things that I need to get done that week, things that I really want to accomplish and work on that week. And then I look at that weekly list every day and I pick out what I need to get done that day. And at the end of the day, I cross off. Again, there's something magical. I mean, that, yes, that feeling of adrenaline when you can cross off that list of what gets done. So I make sure I, I do that. And um, I'm, I set yearly goals. I set five-year goals and 10-year goals. And um, I've been doing this for years. And one of the things that I'll do occasionally is, because I'm very visual, so I like to cut out pictures as well and put that into my, my journals. Um, when I came out of school, I, was, I did this, and I, I, I said my 10-year plan was to own my own building. I was in a plaza. I didn't have any windows you know, in this position, this associate position I was in, and I, I just hated it. It was just kind of sad being in that office all day long. So I said, 10 years, I want to have my own building. I want lots of windows. And I, I cut out pictures in my journal of what I wanted it to look like. And 10 years, 10 years later, I purchased a commercial building and I forgot that I had did that. I was looking back at that journal and I saw that. And I, I almost, I, I couldn't believe that that actually came true. And the pictures look very similar to my commercial building that I purchased for my practice. Wow. Very powerful though. Very powerful to do that. And it's almost like setting an intention for where you want your life to go. And along with that, it's, um, you know, we've learned so much. You know, years ago, I had a chiropractor tell me, well, write your goals down, say them out loud. And, you know, I started to say them out loud three times a day and things will start to manifest and things will start to create the later you look back on your vision boards and your journals and you're like, oh my gosh, because I'm also very written and very, um, I have to write things down and journal. Um, well, tell me also, do you like to read books or do you like to listen to audibles? And if you read books, is there, are there any books you're reading now? I am into audibles right now because it um, seems like I'm going in a million different directions. So um, that's one of the first things I do in the morning too. After I journal, when I get ready, actually putting my makeup on and doing my hair, I listen to you know, even 10, 15 minutes of an audible. Then in the car, my car is my educational 
<laughs> vehicle. My family, they can't stand every time they get in, you know, <laughs> something in the, in the CD player, there's something on the phone. There's just always something playing. Um, and usually I'll have two or three different books going at once. So, um, I'm listening to right now, um, Grant Cardone. Be love him. I know. Right. Um, I love how he goes against the grain on everything. Oh, awesome. You know, I, I love that. So be obsessed or be average listening to that. Um, I also am checking out um, Blue Ocean's strategy. Mm-hmm. So that's um, another one that I'm, I'm reading now as well. Tell me also, do you, <coughs> excuse me, over the years, we learn to say yes, and we learn what to say no to. If you were to say that, um, what things do you today say yes to, and what have you learned to say no to regarding your time? I would say that this year, because I launched this new business, I'm saying yes to a whole lot more things. However, about six years ago, I went through a phase where uh, I was saying yes to everything and I was exhausted. My practice was doing great. I, I you know, bought that commercial building, just moved my practice. Um, I had some other real estate ventures going on and I was saying yes to everything and everything was piling up and I didn't know how to say no. And I had to, I had to find that out the hard way. So I, I got exhausted. I got tired and I, I really got sick. You know, my adrenals were fatigued and I couldn't recover from that. So I had to take a step back, hire someone to run my practice an associate to run my practice and learn how to say no. And for a year, I said no to absolutely everything. Everything. I wasn't going to a seminar. I wasn't reading a book on self-improvement. I wasn't doing anything for a family member that I didn't want to do. I simply read trash novels. I didn't exercise hard the you know because I had just I went through running half marathons and just really pushing myself so that year that I was saying no to I said no to hard exercise I did eat really healthy I had to learn how to say no to gluten you know I had to say no to unhealthy foods Um, so for a year I said no to everything and got my health back and learned a really valuable lesson that year that I wasn't made of steel, that I am flesh and blood, and I have to, at times, pull back and, and just say no to, to a lot of things. So I really don't believe in balance. I don't feel that there is such a thing. I feel that there are times in your life where, like now, I'm launching a new business, I have to say yes. I have to put myself out there and really take what comes to me. And I know that when I start to feel that this yes becomes too much, I know what that feels like now. Then I'm going to have to turn it off and start to say no. I'm not there yet. (laughs) Not even close. But 
I know what that feels like now. So I'm in yes mode right now. <laughs> tell us about, do you have any events coming up for your new business? And tell us about the, your clients and who is an ideal client for you? Yes. So we do. We have August 1st, we are starting our next session of um, the MD Marketing. It's a four-week webinar series, and you basically learn everything you need to know to build relationships with MDs, to get face-to-face -face with them. You know, the how do you set up those meetings? What do you say at those meetings? You know, the communication, um, PowerPoint presentation, all the material that you need. And I even help you implement it, get your staff trained. So if you are thinking, oh, you know, I'm in, I'm in no mode. I don't feel like um, doing anything more. I can't take anything more on my plate. And believe me, I get that. Because like I said, I've, I've been there. I can do the implementation for you. So four weeks, you will get, it's on demand, so you'll get your weekly recorded webinar that you can listen to whenever you want. You can listen to it in your car. You can listen to it um, on the computer. In addition to those four weekly webinars, you're going to get homework, and I'm going to hold you accountable to that. But you will also be able to participate in four live webinar sessions. And these webinar sessions are going to have your colleagues on there and you're going to have the opportunity to have an MD on there as well so that you can take these tools and these strategies and these scripts and these communication tips and practice. Practice what you're learning, build the confidence, work out all the bugs, ask the MD the questions, ask the colleague the questions, ask me the questions. I've been doing this for 10 plus years and within four weeks, I guarantee you'll get in front of an MD and make this happen for yourself. So August 1st is our next session of that, and you can start signing up for uh, this session that we're doing in August and, and get on board. What would you say the value of this program if, if they did this program and they were able to get even one MD? What would that look like for their practice um, over the next few months from this program? Yeah. So one MD, if you look at your case visit average, you know, if we talk money, if we talk from a business standpoint, um, if your case visit average, I know what mine is, and if I look at the number of new patients that one MD can send you, I've done a lunch and learn with an MD and had two referrals show up that day. Now, does that happen every time? No, but it can. You know, one MD can send you five new patients a month. And if your case visit average is $3,000, you know, do the math on what that can look like month one. And the thing about this is the patients that the MDs are referring, they're quality patients because they have a legitimate problem because they've gone to the medical doctor, they hurt somewhere usually, or they have a headache, neck pain, but something is wrong with them. So they're not shopping. They're not just stopping in your, you know, patients do that. They, right. they shop around and 
the patients that come from the MDs, they have an issue and they're looking for a solution. So they're perfect, perfect prospect patients. And the MD, if the MD is sold on you, if you've connected with the MD, the MD does all the work for you. So by the time the patient is referred to you and comes into your office, they say, my MD says I need to be here. Tell me what I need to do. And it's, it's, it's easy. You know, it's, I love MD referrals. They're great patients. So financially marketing to MDs, it's the best return on investment, I believe in the profession and the value that this program gives you, there's, there's nothing, there's no other program that puts you in front of MDs like this where you can practice these skills. So uh, I'm confident that this is the best game out there for helping you refine your skills, develop those skills and build the confidence to build these relationships with MDs. What would you say your retention is on those patients that are referred by the MD? If you were to look down the road, are some of those patients still in your practice today? How do they retain? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, a life grad. I love chiropractic. So that's the thing too, that a lot of people that I'm finding haven't thought about marketing to MDs because they think that they have to be very evidence-based and they can't be a wellness-based chiropractor or talk subluxation to the patient. That is not true. You know, I'm very grounded in my chiropractic philosophy and I, I'm, I'm, I'm a life grad. So, um, that's not true. So the, the MD does want to see evidence, but once you get rid of the patient's problem, the acute problem that the MD has sent the patient to you for, then you can recommend maintenance care. And you're going to communicate that to the medical doctor as well. And I teach you how to do that. So you don't have to release the patient for good once that happens. You just have to do it in the proper way so that the MD understands what you're doing, that you're not treating that patient forever for, look, for that acute problem. So that's this is a way you have to do it. That's huge. That's huge. Tell me, where do they sign up if they want to do this August 1st four-week webinar series? Do you have a website they go to? Yes, you can go to my website, uh, dominatechiromarketing.com. And right on the homepage there, there's a register now button and click on that and put your information in and you'll start receiving the emails and your week one content material will be emailed to you. You can get started now and the live webinar sessions will start first week of August. Awesome. That is huge. As we finish up today, are there three things that you could say to entrepreneurs or even chiropractors, uh, female, female entrepreneurs, about just things that you wish you had been told um, or things that you feel would be important to them on their journey as an entrepreneur? Yes, I think that um, number one, I know this question popped into my head when I graduated chiropractic school and started on this journey. I thought, I wonder if I can have it all. Can I have a family and continue to build a practice? 
And I almost thought, you know what, I need to marry a chiropractor. I did think this, I'll be honest. I need to marry a chiropractor because I'm not going to be able to do it all. And I'm going to need somebody to run my practice and do it all for me so that I can step out and, and have a child, right? How many women do that? So many, so many. Right? And I tried to make that happen big time, <laughs> you know, dated a lot of chiropractors, <laughs> but didn't work. Thank God, because it wouldn't work. Because <laughs> there's only one queen in, in my office. That's right. So if you're thinking as a, as a female chiropractor entrepreneur, this is specifically speaking to the chiropractors, um, the female chiropractors, really any entrepreneur, you can have it all. You truly can. You have to be strategic about how you hire help and you know, figuring it all out, living well beneath your means so you can afford to pay for extra help during that time that you have to take off and be with your child but you sure can have it all. So that'd be the first thing. Uh, the second thing would be, I feel really strongly about walking your talk and that will help you build more confidence and credibility in who you are and what you do. So whatever you're selling, whatever you're doing, you know, for me, it's healthcare. So I need to be healthy. I need to take care of myself. I need to look the part. I need to not only look the part, I need to be the part to be an example and be vibrant, be full of life. And that way people are attracted to me, whether it's patients in the community, whether it's the MDs that I meet, I want them to shake my hand and look at me and say, wow, she looks healthy. She is vibrant. You know, whatever you're selling, whatever you're doing as an entrepreneur, you really need to be that. And, and stop living these double standards. You know, you, you have to really own uh, what you are and who you are. And that will really help you as an entrepreneur. And I would say um, the third thing is, um, you know, going back to debt-free, um, get out of debt. You know, do what you have to do. Figure that out. Sit down and write down your overhead, your personal, your professional, and figure out a way to wipe the slate clean. And when you do that, there is nothing like the feeling that you get when you wake up the next day and you think to yourself, you know what? I don't really have to go to work today. I can do whatever I want, but I'm going to go to work and I'm going to continue working as hard as I am and all this income that I'm earning this point forward is just icing on the cake and what that does for you as far as your creativity and your your mind and your ability to then really think as an entrepreneur wow I can do so much more your thinking is it's trust me do it Pay off your debt and you'll be amazed at how many more ideas start flowing through you and to you because now you have opportunities. Whereas before you were worried, I can't do that, I can't do this, can't do that. Wipe the slate clean, figure out how to do that, and your entrepreneur mind is gonna is gonna blow. Love that. It's so freeing. It frees you. Love that. Thank you. Thank you very much today for being with us. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me.